Hey, everybody, you're listening to Raw with Marty Gallagher, J.P. Bryce, and Jim Steele, brought to you by ironcompany.com. Okay, so today we've got Josh Bryant back in the house. He's back. We didn't even have to pay him this time. So uh, good morning, sir. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good, man. You all recovered from the uh, Texas deep freeze a few months ago? I am. Luckily, we we just um, we lost power a little bit, um, internet I had to run off my phone instead of off computer and it was kind of a hassle, but I mean, compared to how most people had it, we had like nothing. Yeah. yeah. Same with us. We're very lucky. We lost internet for a few days and that was about it. So we lucked out and, and uh, escaped that one. So uh, anyway, welcome back today. We really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, let me, for anybody that doesn't know the name Josh Bryant, let me just go over a couple of things of, who you are and sure. why why you're important. Um, Josh, in 2005, you became the youngest person ever to bench press 600 pounds raw. Um, how old were you then? Well, I, was two, I think it was 2003, though. It was, uh, 22. Yep. 22. Okay. Now, since I think someone else has done that, I think it was uh, somebody that you were training. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Peter Edgett. Oh, Okay. Yep. And he did it at what, 21? 21. Wow. That's crazy. Um, that makes it pretty special when you're coaching him and then you, it breaks your record. That's special. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and 2005, uh, 2005, so a couple years after uh, you benched the 600, you won the Atlantis Strongest Man in America competition, right? Right. And your best competition lifts, I believe, are 620 on the bench, 909 on the squat, and 810 on the deadlift. Is that right? Yes, sir. And that was all raw. The squat wasn't, but the deadlift and bench were. Okay. All right. And then you, uh, you hold 12 world records in powerlifting. What lifts were those in? Um, I've done to total um, bench press, uh, squatting. And um, I and and uh, I don't think I had any of the deadlift. Okay, all right. Do most of those still stand, or they've some of those? I would assume uh, not, because um, yeah. I've had a lot of people surpass me that I've coached. So I, I but I to be honest with you, I haven't checked. <laughs> so you're the you're the secret, the secret weapon. I like to think that. Yeah. All right. So listen, before we, we start, we've got a lot to go over on the bench press, uh, sure. your specialty. So we're, we're going to get into that in just a second. But one quick thing I want to go over just real quick for five minutes and learn a little bit more is uh, you and Marty both have history through Fred Hatfield, Dr. Sure. Squat. So let's talk about that for five minutes. You can start or Marty can start, but uh, where do you guys have history? Ahead, well, it, it is called Raw with Marty Gallagher, so why don't I start? There you go. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so Fred and I had a history. I wouldn't say that Fred and I were good friends, but <clears throat> we had many, many, many social occasions. We'd meet at the Nationals, right? And, um, oh, man, I could tell you some Fred stories. Fred was a extrovert, to say the least, and uh, he was always uh, – we had – several years in a row where we ended up in Las Vegas for the Nationals. So, well, 
<clears throat> once we get into the X-rated version, we'll relate to <laughs> Easy now. But, uh, you know, the thing that I thought about when I was thinking about this show and the thing that, that I wanted to bring up was this idea that, you know, uh, when I first knew Fred, Fred set his first world records in the squat as a 181, right? And then he set world records at 198. He set world records at 220, which is his best body weight. He set world records at 242. And when he squatted his thousand at uh, Gus's meet, Gus Rice was just Hawaiian open. He pushed his body weight up to 255. This idea that body weight manipulation is critically important for pushing up lift strength and, and Josh, the thing that I wanted to talk to you about and bring, sure. start, start off on was this idea. Let me give you a real quick example before I hand the ball off to you. But, you know, like I, this is so typical to me is I've got a guy, I don't know, we have six, six foot, 175 pounds, good athlete, mm -hmm. 35, 35 years old, probably, I don't know, I'm thinking 11% body fat looking at him. He's got a 250-pound bench press, and he wants a 300-pound bench press in the worst way. So I said, okay. great, great, add 10 pounds. Body weight, right? Yeah. Push your weight up. Oh, my God. You think I'd ask him to kill himself with seppuku with a, a katana sword? I mean, it's just like, <laughs> the, you know, they, they don't want to hear that. It's like, well, I won't fit into my designer jeans anymore, you know? And it's like, well... Just be satisfied with your 250 bench then, because at your height and your body weight, in order to push the bench up or the squat up or any lift up, you need more muscular firepower. Especially those two. Yes. So again, I'd like your thoughts on this whole idea of body weight manipulation. Let's, we can keep it to bench. Okay, great. We'll just talk about bench. I brought Fred up because Fred manipulated his body weight. Well, bench is going to be most beneficial. I say bench should be most beneficial, followed by squat and by deadlift. We're going off the big three. Yeah. You know, for sure, because, um, I mean. Pu what you push your body weight up to with your head? When I you pushed it up. And I, 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 here's the thing. I think there's also a point. Yeah, I don't know for bench, though. For, like, overall, for me, my best was about 305, 306. I felt I where I could you. recover I and you, walk around and function and not, like, where I pushed it up to 315 before and, and it felt good benching, but I actually did my best benching back at about 306 too. But I think I could have pushed it higher had I kept put my body weight up, but then just the squatting and deadlifting and recovering from that, it, it because you kind of walk a fine line where you get so heavy that you don't recover well and, and you know, your work capacity suffers. So therefore you can't do enough work. So to lie down and bench, you're probably gonna be okay, but to do all three, and that's gonna be a little different for everybody else, but where that that line is, I think it's six foot one seventy five. I mean, you, you got to think you're not talking normal people. You're talking powerlifting because, like at powerlifting, if you're a two a good two forty two, and you're six foot, you're oh, you know you're, slow to the you're a basket you're you're a basketball player. Yeah, you're exactly. light, man. <laughs> you're light. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I think I think it's 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 not even like. I mean, I don't know who's all listening to this, but if we got like more experience, I don't think this is even like really a debatable thing. Like, if you know, you think this, I think this. I mean, if it's very foolish to even like argue that, I mean, it's sort of a waste of time. I mean, it's it's hundred percent true. Yeah. It's there's no debating it. Well, they think they're going to find the magical routine that will automatically push their bench up fifty pounds 
Yeah. And they won't have to gain an ounce, but they just haven't found it yet. But it's out there. Yeah, but the best, you know, the best way to gain just raw strength is going to be to add muscle. Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course, of course. They're probably thinking like they saw some Romanian Olympic lifter that's, you know, been doing this since he's, you know, six years old and like when didn't go up a weight class and kept increasing. Right. But powerlifting is a much lower skilled thing, too. So Olympic lifting, that's not quite as important because you can it's a way higher skilled activity. I mean, powerlifting is one of the sports you see people quote unquote, bad technique set world records all the time. They, that's, you know, that's you, you right. don't see anybody in Olympic lifting, like do a crappy snatch technique and like get it near the top and kind of extend their arm to push up. I mean, right. it doesn't happen. We're powerlifting. You have people that look worse than a CrossFitter set like a world record. <laughs> it's different. Very low skill. Yeah. It's linear, right? It's straight up and down, straight up and down. Hey Josh, so, by the way, by the way, real quick, when you were 306, 315, how how, how tall are you? I'm uh, between like I'm like five eleven and a half or something like that. Okay, so you're you're pretty tall, yeah. Pretty tall, Isn't that funny? Right? Only lifters you're are pretty, pretty tall. That was pretty you're, tall. You're, you're pretty tall. <laughs> oh, he's about my height. Okay. That, that's a major you're not tall I, I should have like saying mass moves mass. I should have done it a little slower because I had a um a guy that got me started in lifting really, really was really good at, at that kind of stuff. But, um, he was oh, all about, um, he was all about, you know, putting on weight to gain strength to the point of like, almost like craziness. Um, there, do you guys, what's that? Like, do you guys remember who Bruce Randall is? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So he told Steve, the guy that mentored me, told me that, um, he said that he was in Wisconsin one time when he was like 20 years old and he was about six, one, 180 pounds or something. And he, Bruce Randall was at a mall there doing some sort of like exhibition or, or meeting people or whatever. And he said, Bruce looked at him and said, to be your strongest ever, you minimally are going to have to weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> and Steve kind of laughed it off. And he said, you know, there he was at 310 later. So he, sure enough, he was right. Yeah. Well, Hugh Cassie thought the same thing, right, Marty? Yeah. Hugh pushed his, his normal. Yeah. Hugh pushed his normal body weight up from 195 to 300. And what's interesting is both Bruce Randall and Q ended up losing all the weight and doing bodybuilding, right? They did the same yeah. path. Ah, but they had bigger ass body parts as a result. Oh yeah, they had all that muscle when they Marty, yeah. Marty, you wanted me to get up to what four hundred pounds? <laughs> well, at your height, if you wanted to, if be you were coaching me, competitive in modern powerlifting, you'd have to because that's 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 the kind of that's the kind of bulk these guys carry these days. I was I got up to three hundred five at my heaviest, and I was so uncomfortable. I remember going to sleep, and I would wake up. Whoa, I was like whoa, getting whoa, sleep whoa, apnea. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait a minute, you're two ninety five now. And you're walking around with three bills, man. What are you talking about? <laughs> That yeah, 10 or 15, that 10 pounds makes a difference, man. You, you act like that was 60 pounds ago. No, but for some reason at 305, I think it was because I had just reached that weight and my body wasn't used to it. I started getting like sleep apnea and all that. Well, maybe humans your height aren't meant to weigh 300. Maybe I'm not supposed to be 400 pounds, 300 man. pounds. Oh, all right. Well, that's part of the set. I mean, that's part of the sacrifice for world-class strength is like, right. you know, someone will be like, Hey, you know what? Um, you know, like 
I can't, you know, do I can't throw a football with my kid without my lower back tightening. I said, well, no. yeah, that's 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 part of the game. If if you're going to be the strongest, yeah, yeah. yeah which one do you want to do? That's right. It's sort of like the old thing about powerlifters and bodybuilders make the make the worst employees. And I think okay. there's some oh, good yeah, they're not moving parts or anything because you're, you're just you're when you're in that world class mindset, it's like you're almost like playing a game, and everything else is a pawn in that game, so you can get your next workout. I mean, how many times have you said, man, I'm not doing it. I got to squat tomorrow or squat in three days. Or, okay. you know, I'm not <laughs> More than that. I can count. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hatfield said when he was at the mall, he would just walk from bench to bench while his wife was shopping. <laughs> you know, he didn't want to hurt up any calories. He didn't want to that, screw up his workouts in any way. Because think about it. You have a crappy workout. It ruins your whole week until you do it For again. For sure. You know, so, so you're going to make sure that everything's just right. Yeah. All right. All right. JP, what do you want to talk about? Next? Well, let's 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 get back to so we kind of want to go over an intermediate uh benching plan. So we want to pick Josh's brain and go, okay. Marty just kind of described the guy, what, six foot tall, would you say, one eighty five? Pick any, pick any intermediate. Okay, so, Jimmy, Jimmy, you give him a, give me give him the typical intermediate guy. Yeah, I'd rather, you know, somebody yeah. who's been benching now for over three years, right? Is is still yeah. considered sort of an intermediate. Has eyes sure. for competition. Um, you know, is decent in the bench and in, in the uh, squat and deadlift. Has trouble with his bench. Um, everything else is sitting around the you know five fifty six hundred mark, and he's still at three fifteen. You know, three fifteen. He wants to add what? Maybe maybe add fifty pounds. Yeah, he's benching, but bench. you know, he's benching. He's benching twice a week. But, uh, you know, usually he pushes it to failure instead of, you know, I'm sure you have some ideas about how to change that. Um, his reps are usually five to eight, um, you know, and he's having trouble getting that, that bench to go up. His assistance yeah. is more bodybuilding stuff. He doesn't really mess with barbells after, after the bench. He does, you know, flies and dumbbell bench and things like that and pushdowns, uh, more of a bodybuilding routine. So just sort of going into that twice a week bencher, uh, you know, where would you go from there, Josh? Well, I think the first thing is um, the bodybuilding may not be bad if it's done correctly because this person is going to have to put on weight. Muscle, yeah. And that's what I'm saying is like, like, so let's say that for deadlifting, when your arms are short for deadlifting, that's just the way it is, short of some kind of weird surgery. We're benching, you can more build yourself to bench. So this, it, this individual is going to have to put on muscle somehow to bench more. I don't think. Um, the leverages I'm sure are way off and there's not going to be a whole hell of a lot we can do there. Cause it, you know, if they don't put on the, the, the size, because also say, let's say for example, this person wants to arch a lot right. and, you know, cut the range down a little bit. They already got a 550, 600 pound deadlift. You said, so that's kind of like their, that's kind of their bread and butter. So all of a sudden you get them doing some crazy arch, their lower back sore when they get to deadlifts and they're, you know, doing 450 to put 20 pounds on their bench. Not, not too smart. Right. So I think we'd have to figure out what's holding this person back. Is it like, you know, besides the, um, the obvious is the muscle gain, they have to gain muscle or just, you know, live more with immediate the, the bench press is just, it's not so technical that you're going to like, you know, improve somebody's technique and put on 150 pounds. It's, it's just not that way. You know, and, it's you, got, and you tell them, you say, Hey, look, man, you got to start hitting the buffet. That's yeah, that's that's what I think. That's definitely um, for, for serious. I mean, it's like or, or otherwise we're wasting our time here. You can just 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 be OK with where you're at. 
Yeah, because he's probably one of those guys that worries about how he looks. You know, he's probably worried if he loses cross purposes. But that's my point is if he starts doing what we call like more powerlifting friendly uh, accessories he never has, we might gain, we can probably gain some mileage right there if that's never been done because of new stimuli. What would that be? Absolutely. Well, it depends on where, where is he sticking at? You know, is he like, so my thing is on the differences um, with raw and equipped bench pressing Right. is with equipped bench pressing it's kind of weird because it still hasn't totally washed out yet but there's like if you look up information on bench pressing for powerlifting a lot of it comes down to like equipped people that were putting out a lot of information and what they're saying is true for equipped lifting but raw lifting's a different animal because um you think about what how does a bench press shirt work what a bench press shirt does is store that energy you know, then blast it off your chest. So you're the further you push the bar up, the more on your own you are. Right. Whereas um, in a raw bench press, we have the typical ascending strength curve where it's going to be harder off your chest for most yeah. people. They get easier as you push it up. Uh, so right. all those old articles and stuff were lending to like board presses, lockouts, this and that, which you need to have the strength to do that. But where a lot of people are missing off, it's going to be strength off the chest. Right. And it's going to be, you know, generating that initial speed, because even if you you can push the barbell fast enough, it doesn't even matter if your triceps, you know, aren't super strong because you're just going to drive right through that point. Because you got well, Marty used to say that about uh, Kirk, right? Yeah, Marty, that's right. exactly what you would say about Kirk. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, we we all bench straw. You know, we had we had those terrible shirts back in, in my day. You, you put these things were horrible to put on and they'd add like 20 20 or 30 right. pounds. yourself up to get 20 it was, pounds yeah it was it was uh it was it canvas is. wasn't it no, no it was, like no, it was uh, nylon, nylon shit whatever that was there, there were yeah, those inzer, it, the inzer initial blast shirts oh right? my god no, Dude, they those, and oh, they we would were, they, they would bust on people too oh we were at, oh, I, I, I remember we were at one nationals and we're trying to get you know who mike hall is mike hall was the giant Super yeah, heavy, super heavyweight power liquor. Mike was, I don't know, 6'2", 400, good shape, ex-athlete. So <clears throat> we're trying to get the shirt on Mike, and he's like in the hole. Yeah, in the hole, Mike Hall, and we've got six guys hanging on this thing. He had washed it, oh, right? So it shrunk, right? So we've got six 250-pound guys hanging on this. We look like 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 little Lilliputians in Gulliver's Travel hanging on this giant guy. Dude, you used to have to get fired and, up to put somebody's well, shirt on. And, it, and I said, Mike, what do you bench raw? He goes, 585. I said, what do you bench with the shirt? 605. So, oh, my God. Yeah, we're going through this. for Why that. are we doing this, right? And he says, well, I can't give anything away to Lars Noren. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you're that that level, it you know, definitely, it's it's one of those things of, it, it's just, um, and you'd have to get like I remember just like you know, you go to the gym with like one or your training partners if you didn't have like a whole group of people, have to get other random people that you'd see that you know there to help this, and they're thinking like, so why do you do this? Like, yeah. well, you can lift more with it. Well, why doesn't everybody just not wear them so they, it's an equal playing field right. and you have to right. do all this crap? It's like, you know, it's like, yeah, well. Well, I think that's, that's why that, that, we don't. I think that the geared thing is um, going the way of the dinosaur oh. and the dodo bird. Well, and guys are benching as much as they're uh, deadlifting now, right? More. More. I mean, that's, More. yeah, what's wrong with that picture? 
let's get back to our intermediate. Well, let's get we, back we, to you because I mean, it really okay. should go away. And, and if the, you know, it's one of those things, if we just talk about it a bunch, we bring energy and, and awareness to it, which is kind of here's right here. Here's what I want to ask Josh. Okay. So this intermediate guy comes to you. What, so what do you, what do you do? You, you sit down with them and you plan out a 12 week periodization uh, program. Maybe uh, if, he's got to gain some weight. Maybe you put some, some dieting stuff in there, some nutrition sure. stuff. Is that what you do? Basically sit down and put a whole. Yeah. And uh, I'd find out what he's been program. doing in the past. And then I, I would, yeah. I would more do it on a, you know, if I, if I wasn't there working with a person face to face, I would do it on a week by week basis. Right. I'm not getting a lot of feedback from that person. Yeah. I can't just be like, here, here's 12 weeks, like talk to you soon type of thing, because I don't know what's exactly going to happen. And somebody would like not training properly, we might yeah. be able to, get, you know, I first one thing, if we predict what's going to happen, that's going to be, you know, that's going to, we may hold the person back. We may, we may overshoot it because um, I always say like, I sell eBooks and stuff. So that's going to work. Those programs are going to work pretty well for most people, but there's, you know, if you're not most people that does suck. So that's why you get the customized thing. And, and also, Josh, you're going to have to rebuild their bench routine. I mean, their yeah. bench technique. You're going to have to rebuild their bench yeah. technique from sure. the ground up. Whatever they're doing is wrong. I guarantee you. But would it's you? Gonna be, it's going to be depending on what what. Um, I was seeing, thankfully, lately, more people have had pretty good bench technique that I've seen that are like more starting out. Because before, a lot of people, like I said before, were we're following the advice of people training equipment, which is good for people in equipment, but not for raw lifting. They were, they were touching the bar way too low. Um, they were, um, you know, pushing in a straight line versus like, you know, a J curve, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I would see stuff like, I remember like at one seminar I did and a lot of equip lifters, the seminars, a lot of people there speaking. And there were people like, you know, with no muscle, no, not even fat people, like more skinny people. And they were trying to do like an uh, equipped, you know, 450 pound person yeah. technique, like touch the bar yeah. to their belly button. And I finally looked at this one guy. I'm like, okay. He's like, everybody here is confusing me. I said, okay, why don't you just try benching like a bodybuilder? Don't even listen to anybody here. Just pretend like you, the bodybuilder guys see at the gym, just bench like that. And he hit a 30 pound PR that day. Right. And that wasn't even like doing an optimal powerlifting technique. That's saying do what you think's wrong with yeah. no coaching because it was that's still going to be closer to what a raw bench press technique is. Exactly. Can you take us through your technique that you like to teach? Yeah. So I would be in a perfect world. I like because um, you know um, some some I like a flat foot, mm -hmm. and some people um, some pe I know a lot of meets now allow like lifters to open their toes. I like the feet flat. So, so um, we do get you better tell them to slide their feet back as far as they can and keep them flat as far as they can and keep them flat. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. yep. And, and um, what that does is um, it's all, it's obviously more stable, right? But we can get tighter that way. We can yeah. maximize leg drive that way. So then when you get the leg drive, it's going to, you're going to kind of push. I always say like, uh -huh. you're, you're kind of pushing back and up. It's not a, you know, like a barbell hip mm -hmm. thrust. Uh, right. leg, leg, leg drive. Who, yeah. who puts who puts leg drive in their bench presses these days, Josh? What do you mean? 
Well, I'm just saying that's that's huge for people listening right there. Most people just they just lay flat as a pancake. Yeah, no, and I'm assuming we're doing correctly here. So yeah, so you want to push back with the legs. I always say we've got a a graph. You got the y and the x-axis. It's kind of split down the middle, sort of. So you're kind of pushing back and up. So what that does then is um, it's going to get you tighter. And since your upper back is tight and dug into the bench, you're not going to slide back. Yeah, it's, you won't slide back. You're not going to lift your butt up. And then um, it's going to push the bar backward or like in an in a inverted J pattern. So it's not a straight up and down type of thing. So it's going to, it's going to like basically by initiating with a leg drive, it almost is going to just sort of set everything else up. It's not like we, we got to make, we're going to make it happen without really having to give you 500 different coaching cues because we get that part right. Yeah. And it's going to kind of, it's going to take, it's going to take care of itself. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they sort of like over cue. It's almost, I don't know if they want to sound smart or whatever, but they give so many different cues and our goal is not to do that. It's to minimize them. So that's one of the few kind of Swiss army knife ways to take care of a lot of different things yeah. is we get that leg drive, right. That, that, that lens to the J curve and um, you know, it's off from there. So there's, um, you guys ever read that book by um, Mike McDonald? I think it was Mike. What's his, Mike? Uh, Mike McDonald, who, Mike Bridges. It was a bench pressing book by a it's scientist. Mike McDonald, yeah. Yeah, and he shows the examples of the different, um, you know, the more advanced, the lifters kind of have more of that J-curve. Well, yeah. It, Josh, it's funny because, and Jim will verify, I know Jim was thinking this, what, like, we've, we've never met face to face and we've certainly never compared bench techniques but the bench technique that you just described that's a, that is exactly what we teach yeah. so so we came to these individual truths in completely different universes because they're truths the j curve tension the whole thing i'm sure yeah. that if we got together we go oh yeah look oh yeah look you know because this is this is what empirical experience and decades of experience have taught us. And this is, this is how the, the optimal way to raw bench. That's Absolutely. the world we live in. And it's that's the decades of experience exactly right. And getting it to do people to do it because a lot of times you gotta be careful if somebody comes out nowadays, I think with like a, um, something, you know, that's, that hasn't been proved. I mean, you want to try new things, of course, and, and all that's re- re- new and revolutionary, but let's say a lot of times you got to look at the numbers of powerlifting. So like you say, okay, if like, say the numbers are going up and somebody was advocating something different, right. you got to look at the raw numbers. There's so many people powerlifting right now. It's just a few, you know, if oh, LA formed a football team of all the high schools in LA, they're probably going to be, you know, Santa Barbara just because they got 50 more people. Oh, and it's like, much better. Josh, they can't even, they can't even agree on the definition of raw. You got guys lifting with knee wraps and, and bent bars and, 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 you know, raw competition. That's not raw. Raw is nothing, nothing, nothing. Naked after you get make it like a, a, a men's re- male review or what? I'm just saying. Well, yeah, optimally in a perfect. Hey, I, I, I'm not. I don't see. I don't really. I'm. I'm not as picky on the semantics there, only because I saw how bad it got with equipment, and I'm so. I'm so thankful that it's changed. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. If we use knee wraps or whatever, yeah, you're right. 
You're right. You're right. I'm just it, saying you can't compare so B-Rap to new an article. That's how I first found out about you. It was in 96. You did that article about ban the squat. That's, that's right. right. That's right. So that was Josh. the book that I read. <laughs> well, Gosh. I'll tell you, it, you know, it got to the point where they're putting on what the groove briefs, then the predator, then the canvas suit. Then the extra length knee wraps, how else do we make it easier? We put on a monolift and everything was like about making it things easier. How do we make it easier? And we're like, no, how do we make it harder? And that's that's where Hatfield came from. That's where Cone came from. Yeah. That's where I came from. It's like in the off season, we take all our off. We yes. get rid of the stuff, we, you know, and get as strong as possible. That way, when you put it back on, it meant something. Yeah. Right, but uh, well, you yeah, said, yeah. Doug Furness said that, right? You said he oh. said, "I hate wearing this shit." Then he squatted yeah. a little. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> and now these guys won't. They won't lift without equipment. Well, they, 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 they tell you that, that lifting without equipment is dangerous, and I'm like, "What plan well, are you cares? running the NFL, on?" The NFL be safer. It's touch football. So who the hell cares? <laughs> <laughs> Josh, let me ask you a couple more technical questions here. And it, it, it doesn't sound like they're as a big deal to you, but I just want to find out what your stance is on it. So sure. uh, nowadays we see a lot of people doing like these crazy, crazy arches. What do you, what are you coaching on the lower back? I, so here's a few things I've um, I've coached people like that. They're already doing that. Um, I don't teach that. I think for you know a few reasons. I think there's any time you do something like that, you're introducing a possibility of error, and it's it's a hit or miss. I mean, if you don't hit that right, you're gonna miss it. And then most of the people are doing all three lifts, so it, yeah. I really don't like the idea of I'm gonna tire my lower back out. And because I experimented one time, you know, with and um, I took a little time off and from competing in 2005, I was still training religiously, but I just wanted to take, I hadn't taken an off season in quite a while. So I figured I'm going I'm to do that. And there were so many people that were equipped then telling me I should be arching, touching lower with a bar, all this, all that. Finally said, you know what? I want to, I'm going to give this a fair shot. Um, see if what, what the hype's about. And I don't think this is going to work, but like, if it does, if it doesn't, you know, I've done something different for the off season. If it does, here's the more, you know, higher PRs type of thing. So what, why the hell not? So I got these like, um, kind of like pipes and stuff where you kept, you know, making, using bigger pipes to get bigger arches and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. And under, and all I remember is I did it for a while and it just did not work for me. And what I, the main thing I remember besides not liking like the feeling of it is my my back always being sore i'm like i've you know been deadlifting heavy for years done strongman done this done that and so far as had even walking around 300 pounds and don't have any back pain all of a sudden do this and my back is like locked up i'm like walking around like a stick up my ass just from doing it and i, I did, didn't like it well, I mean, your technique was the technique that you were supposed to do. I mean, you benched 600 pounds uh, at an earlier age than anybody uh, at that point. So, um, so what that hey, was, I think yeah. more people are using now, too. So it's it's one of those things of like, um, it's one of those things of like, you know, that that's, the, again, like the misinformation. So if right. you're saying, you know, hey, you should like, it's for instance, like if somebody's advocating like one of those really 
wide squat techniques where, you know, you can't even walk out to it so wide and they have a monolift. They need to be truthful. Say, Hey, you know what? I compete in suits. I, I don't have to walk the weight out. You know, that's where the, the quote unquote hard feelings, I think, come in. It's like they're equipped lifters get mad at raw lifters now for saying things about their lifting, but you know, they're the ones that were saying first, like all time world record and stuff. And okay. What if I go, you know, let's just say Marty invents some rubber band device and we go on the track and he springs me out of it and I break Usain's bolt record by two seconds because I'm just that's propelling me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the same thing. I can't say I won the 100 meter dash. I could be like, hey, there's this new slingshot event. I'm the best at it. Fine. But like you can't you can't be saying that. I mean, powerlifting is driven. Uh, we've heard this that's, before. It's the ego's the force behind powerlifting. So once you start claiming things that are, are not a one-to-one comparison and egos are involved, there's going to be, people are going to be upset. Right. And there's one way to prove it. Just take the stuff off and show us what you can do. Yeah. Oh, they'll be like, ah, no, no, there's, there's so much skill to learn how to use this. Uh, <laughs> so, so Marty, Marty and Jim, so I've heard you guys say, well, the amount of arch you want to use is basically can you slide the, the hand underneath the lower back, right? That's about the extent of the arch. I just think about, and I was going to ask Josh about this. I, what I always say is let's get that rib cage as high as you can. You know, let's yeah. get that point up as high as you can. And so there's going to be a slight little space, you know, underneath their low back without emphasizing it too much so you're not saying your guys life totally flat or do you, what how do you No, do like you? you're saying like more like that that kind of positioning okay. is like a natural arch more than okay. like trying to mm-hmm. um you got to realize now too that a lot of people i get are are going to be more advanced too so like they're already going to come to me with like a lot of technique built in and i'm going to be kind of using them to to peek out their strength and power more you're, so than you're, like you're finishing school you're fine yeah tuning. Exactly. The more time goes on, the more I'm finishing school. Like, so that's, I used to have way more, you know, of like beginners, you know, that I do now. So like, that's where I'm at now with it. So a lot of times people are going to be built in, they have to overcome a plateau, but absolutely. I'd go a natural arch. I'm not saying like where you go, like, you know, like some of the old school bodybuilders used to do where they put a chair out in front of their feet and then, and lay their legs flat so they have absolutely no arch not like that right just more of a natural arch and i think you have the thing that no one factors in is the deadlifts after that's big all right i want to shift gears because i think we spent enough time in the picayune item of arching i want to ask you a bigger topic assistance work okay now cassidy used to tell us the best assistance lift for lift is assistance exercise that most closely resembles the lift. Ergo, the best bench assistance work was more flat benching, but with different grip widths, right? That's number one. Number two would be your dumbbell work. Number three would be pressing overhead and incline. Okay. So what was your favorite? How did you set up? How did you set up your benching? Did you did you use multiple grip widths? Did you stay with one grip width? And also what was the role in overhead pressing and the relationship between overhead pressing and flat benching? Okay. So good question. So a few different ones. So um, I um, always use different widths of pressing. So basically what I would like to do is I would go bench press, 
do something to work my bottom end power because I think that's sort of the the my was my ace in the hole initially is I figured out early on with, with raw benching over a lot of other people that were doing it was how important that speed off the chest is you know so, so many people were talking about just triceps 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 so I would always go into something after that would really work that bottom end strength so that could be um, sometimes a wide wider grip bench press and do long pauses with it um sort of like ed Cohn does or uh Kazmaier did hey jeff well, here's here's one for you real quick ronnie ray the first guy to bench 500 under 198 yeah i know that is okay he was able to do a 30 second pause with 405 damn <laughs> jp ate two meals in that time <laughs> Go ahead, but I didn't mean to interrupt. I just had to throw that in. Long That's part. great. Yeah, so that might be a little bit of um, overkill. Over That's cool. Um, so what I would say is um, that, or or I did a lot of dead benching. So like you put the bar about a half inch off your chest in a rack and push it up from a dead start. Ooh. Yeah. When you're yeah. saying wider grip bench, though, how much wider did you do? Not a whole lot. So like about a few inches wider, because I, I know it can put more strain on your shoulders. Right, right. And luckily for, for me in bench press, I got, my arms aren't real long. So it's a little safer of an angle that we're like somebody like that's one one. If someone's like your guy that's six foot 175. See, those are the kind of people I discourage from wide gripping just because it can be kind of rough on the shoulders. But yeah. the more meaty somebody is in the chest and the shorter their arms, the more we can get away with that. Okay. Um. The other one I like to do like that is called a spoto press. And I didn't have a name for it back then, but I call it that since because um, Eric Spoto, the guy who set the world record, used to do it a lot. And what he would do is um, he would stop just short of your chest. Okay. So, like if you're stopping like an inch off your chest, but like holding it there and then pushing it back up from that position. Right. That's, that's brutal. Yeah. That's brutal. And then um, after that, I do something. Um, Sometimes in the, the off in the off season I do inclines or something, mm -hmm. but then after that I do some of the target my lockout like you know close grip bench, yeah. you know close grip bench maybe with like bands or chains or something like that. Um, if it was a meet coming up, maybe close grip incline presses. Then on the, so then on the second day of the week when I was doing bench pressing work, that's where I would focus more on the overhead presses, mm -hmm. and I never pushed them really hard except um, so I was doing seated overhead presses a lot with barbells or dumbbells and um i never like put it to the put the pedal of the metal and tried to really like go crazy on it then i did that strongest man in america and they had um the overhead pressing event and you could do however you wanted to get the weight up you could like use a jerk you could use a strict press push press whatever you wanted to do and so at first i was thinking like you know i'm gonna do a push press and like my arms are too big to let, you know, to get a rack position even. So I'm like, this ain't going to work. I'm, I mean, so you got, you got, I got like 13 weeks till the contest. So you got, you got to play the hand you're dealt instead of, you know, trying to live in a fantasy land. Like you're going to, you know, do two hours of mobility and screw up your bench press because you're not tight anymore. So I'm like, just do it my way. Did it that way and really pushed it. And I got up to uh, at the contest 445 pretty easily. Damn. And then um, I, 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 I was, I tried a 495 in training. Um, I, it was weird. I was at this, I live in Tennessee and me and my friend were working out at um, Vanderbilt. And one day 
it just felt dialed in. So I'm going to see if I can get this. And I got, had it going. So the most I did in training was 455. And that was pretty easy. 495 didn't go. So at the contest, so you got how, how, how would you, if you're in training, are, are you sitting and having guys hand it to you? You're taking it out of the rack. How does no, that this happen? was this at this point, it was standing. I'm sorry, because it was that strongman contest. So you couldn't. It, I, I got that in the strongman. You like take it out of the, like you're doing a front squat and just back up with it. And yeah, exactly. It but how about when you're in training? Do you do like a brace seated 90 degree or how do you, how do you do your seated presses? Um, I would just do, they, all the gyms I'd been to, they had, you know, they actually had those old school, like, um, you know, seated military presses like that. Fixed so, fi fix 90 fix. degree. Yeah. It wasn't like you slid some shaky yeah. thing in a rack and like, mm -hmm. or whatever. It's one of the fixed platform to stand on to lift off. So, I mean, it was. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. The behind the neck press. Exactly. Deal. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. And I did behind the neck presses for a little bit and, um, but then I got more into front pressing. Um, and then sometimes I wouldn't be doing any overhead pressing, depending on where I was in training. Could, could you rep 405? Um, seated or standing? Yeah, seated. See, well, I don't well, care. I, 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 I anyway. think, like I was just saying, like, <laughs> I never went really above 365 seated okay. because it never became – I was always – all I cared about was bench pressing. So I've, one of those things what I've your, what, what, what was your takeaway from? Was it more tricep, front delt, upper pack? More, what was the more front delt and tricep? And it, uh -huh. it didn't transfer over to me past the point because personally, I think my best lift, if like you said, you know, God's put you on this earth for one lift, what is that lift? And like, you know, you're gonna get $10 million if you do it right. I would say it'd be overhead pressing because mm -hmm. that little bit of training I did for 13 weeks of that contest. <clears throat> Right. I got up 445 easy and I only I was sandbagging because there's five events in one day and I I was not living high on the hog at the time. I needed the money. So I I, I wasn't gonna like you know go for records, I was gonna go for food type of thing. But that's so, a strict overhead press. Yeah. No, it was a little bit of leg driving it, but yeah, I'm saying it's not a push press. Not yeah. a push press. Wow, that and, man, that's super strong. You're definitely I, I'm telling well, you, I, I could have gone up to that contest like 465 470 i know it it just wasn't smart just with all holding that weight just holding that weight is and it, it, that's what i'm saying so that was, was a short amount of training so ken patera's all american record which is the second highest the highest olympic the highest press of all time is alexios 523 second yep. second highest is patera's 505 now both of those were preceded by cleans Ken in training was reportedly able to press like 545 out of the rack, which I believe because he didn't have to clean it. Right. Yeah. So, and, but other than that, Josh, I mean, you're, you're right up there, buddy. You yeah. Know? I think that's what I'm saying. I think like, that's one of the, uh, I mean, it's sort of annoying when people like say like they could have done this or that, but I'll say is this, I feel like. How, how heavy, how heavy were you at these strong men? Um, at that one, um, I weighed in like 304. Okay, so you were big. You were at your biggest, strongest. Yeah, and that's the thing is I feel like with the, the overhead pressing, the other thing, if I had to like pick like almond charge and we can make like one event, that's the other thing I liked about it. I feel like I didn't have to put on as much weight to do it oh, because yeah, you don't – I mean, obviously like you build – like we talked about earlier, you're building yourself to bench press. So you're, you're making a bigger chest to push the far less distance. You're building your – where – Overhead press, you can't do it. You can like keep adding weight, and obviously it'll be helpful to a point, but it's not going to be like getting up to five hundred pounds is not really going to help improve your leverage like it would in a bench press. Mm -hmm. right.
No, but if it Josh, was big, if it was big money for overhead pressing, you'd be in the money. Agreed. <laughs> but how 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 critical was the overhead pressing to transitioning that? I think it's into bench press. I think it's so. That's the thing is, I don't think it. I think it helps a lot to a point, but to, to a, a point. point. So I got so good at it yeah. that it, it didn't help at all. It, yeah. it actually went backwards. Like you know. I've had a couple of people, I'll tell that, will do them and they want to get up their overhead press, you know, to, to like the really high levels like that. I finally say, have the sit down and say, hey, I'm here to help you accomplish your goals. If one of these goals is a big overhead press, let's do it. Yeah. If it's a bench press, you're living in fantasy land at this point because it's no longer helping it. It's If anything, it's adding a new stressor. It's trauma to your joints, your central nervous system, all that stuff. And and that's the thing is like most people are so crappy at overhead pressing. Um, they get a lot out of it. So like, let's say there are a lot of people that bench like 500 pounds raw. They can't do 300 pounds even on overhead press or at 225. So if you take that person from 225 to 315, they're going to get so much out of that. It's not even funny. Yep. But getting that person from 315 to 405 is not going to be that much of an improvement, if any. Let's see what you mean. Yeah. Now the overhead press will help the bench press, but the bench press won't help the overhead press. I thought the same thing. So I was pretty good at the overhead press. <laughs> well, you got to the point where actually your overhead press was uh, sap sapping energy from your bench press. Sure. You never dropped it though, even and and any any intermediate lifter you would recommend, hey, let's do overhead pressing. Absolutely. It's 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 a really good thing. It just becomes like anything else where the whole point of doing this for powerlifting is improve those lifts. So if something starts getting like, you know, I've made that mistake early on of like, okay, like a lot of people were talking about triceps and stuff when I first started lifting getting my getting doing so much arm work that it became detrimental right okay like well that leads in that leads into how about triceps and arms do you do them should it yeah absolutely i'm saying i've did the point where it was like i'm trying to like chase these goals of hitting certain that's where it gets a little tricky is like one time um you know louis simmons made a comment about like you can't bench press 600 pounds with having the assistance worker with 300 pound bench presser you know that's definitely true to a point but this the flip side is you can start chasing like i'm going to hit this on my tricep extensions this on that or whatever and just cause yourself problems because it's traumatic on your joints because i had no idea how strong you get with your arms and stuff i mean it's if you put your focus on it you can do things you wouldn't believe but that my plus, elbow plus it's an un, unprovable contention yeah that's true too like it, yeah so so let me ask you this how how would you rank your tricep exercise hierarchy um well now i i would say obviously you want the variations of the lift like we discussed like your close grip would be a good one for a lot of people dips work really well too including yeah. myself and then it weighted, um, or weighted or unweighted Oh, definitely weighted. I mean, unweighted. Yeah, will be there all day. So um, then one thing I've changed on now is really on, you know, not now, but more recently is than when I was lifting is I'm really focused on the, the mind-muscle connection when you do the, the smaller tricep exercises, like, mm -hmm. you know, push downs, things like that. 
is I want to really make sure we're getting that mind muscle connection because I, my, like I said, the only injury I really had ever was my, my elbow. And I know that's because of the heavy tricep extensions and things like that. And so that's kind of been the issue of like, I got to the point of I was doing triceps for the sake of doing triceps just to, you know, Oh, Kazmaier did this much on skull crushers to see if I can match that kind of thing versus like, I mean, who the hell cares if, the, if I'm doing a skull crusher with 25 pounds, but benching yeah. 725, yeah. that's, that's fine. You know, it's, it's gotta be like when the training has gotta be, gotta be pragmatic. It can't be like, you know, like, it's like, I always say, if, if your bench press, if your squat goes up 200 pounds, your deadlift goes up 200 pounds, your bench goes down hundred pounds, you've added 300 to your total, you should be happy. You know, it, well, well, hell you're, yeah. you're a three lift lifter, right? So <laughs> yeah. that's, and I think a lot of people get real emotional about, about things versus like, what is your goal? My goal is to add hundred pounds to my total. Okay. You just added 150. Although this lift didn't go, you wanted, you exceeded your goal. You should be happy type of thing. And I think we have to come back to like, what's our purpose of doing what we're doing. And I know in my own career, initially I got off focus. And I think that's why I continue to have more success as I went, because I realized, you know, what, what is the purpose of this? The purpose of this is these three lifts, the strongman contest it's whatever, not to, to necessarily set a world record and a tricep extension or hammer curl. Josh, when did a, a 600 pound bench press become your goal? How did that kind of evolve? Well, um, it, it always had been a goal. And then, um, but what really made me like pursue it raw was um, one day um, I had, um, so I'd been lifting in shirts and um, I uh, put on the, I'd done 545, like touch and go raw. So that's why I didn't see shirts is so alarming. I was doing, you know, like 573 or something. It wasn't like, it was like that big of a difference where I felt like a cheater type of thing. Mm. And but what happened one day was um, I got I got a new shirt, like a, a one of the a shirt that hadn't been released to the public yet to try out. And I did 600 in it really easy. So I'm like, and, but I've been working in it for like weeks and had been really been neglecting my raw lifting. And I could tell like kind of that like I didn't feel as pumped up walking around and stuff, but I, I didn't th really think anything of it. It's more like the weight's going up. I it feels good in my hands. Like, let's do this. So I was warming up one day to put on the shirt. I was going over six, you know, over 600 and I missed 555. And I said, my previous best was 545. I thought 555 was going to be like an empty bar based off how good the shirt training was going. Right. And it didn't move off my chest, man. And that's when I said, I'm going to bench 600 raw. I don't really care what the current trend in powerlifting is because I mean, at the end of the day, at least sure. my opinion, it wasn't shirted benching was making you weaker. Yeah, it made, made you weaker. weaker, not feel as good. And then also, I would be more open to it had there been one federation. But I think I, when I was lifting, it was right at the time when there was like, you know, it really exploded into like there was like 25 federations. Yeah, the 80s, I know this, you had like three, right? Like, Josh, this is when we become slaves to technology because now the new the new breakthroughs are in technology, not in strength. There's better shirt, better shirts. And, and it's the thing is it wasn't worth it to me because I, I was, even though I was, you know, young, you know, getting ready to bench 600, I was, I, I think I had the foresight to see that this is not the NFL. There's not one league to do this. There's about 500. 
So I'm not really competing against anybody. I'm competing against myself. And if I'm not, if I'm not true to myself, what the hell is the point of doing this? This isn't like a huge salary. Yeah, you're, like, you're, you're in a minority. We had a very, we had, we had a very good training partner and he benched 415 raw. And this was a big boy, 275 pounder. So pretty lousy bench press for a 275 or right. So he gets into shirted and you got it. He benches 600 with the shirt. Yeah. And guess what he tells everybody he benches? 600. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Yeah, that's the thing is like, um, I, it's just like, it's weird to like, um, it's weird to like, you know, to say that. Like, I, I don't, you know, if, if, you're, if you're talking like in a group of people that everybody lifts equipped so they understand what it is and someone says, what do you bench? You know, 600, you don't need to say that. I mean, you don't need to say, well, it's, a, you know, it's shirted because obviously they all know. But I think when you, it, it actually discouraged people getting the support. You know, you read the thing, you have some strong guy at, you know, say at 24-hour fitness benching 450, weighing 230. Hey, why don't you compete, man? Oh, no, dude, those guys bench like 800 pounds. Well, no, they don't. You're right. actually stronger than them. Yeah. Right, 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 <laughs> it's right, like, right, right, right. They right, just read right. Powerlifting USA magazine back then and think all the thought all these people were a lot stronger than wasn't the case. Well, that's, that's part of kind the of reason. another thing that, that got me off. Josh, I've, Josh that's part of the going reason. To more bigger meets, like Josh. more equipped meets, like APF meets and things like that. With people seeing them warming up and without their equipment, they're really not that strong. You see some bodybuilder you in your you know that you're kind of laughing at before it's actually stronger than these guys it's yeah. just some random bodybuilder not training for strength yeah and the physiques reflected it you know back right. the, the physiques back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s were better because those guys bore the weight right the the guys that are suited with all the wraps and stuff their physiques they all have they're big but they don't—they're not muscled up like uh, you know Jim Cash, like Roger Estep, like Kaz, like Kirk, you know, like Furness. Those guys were, man, they were monsters. Hey Josh, just a quick question here. Um, we have a bunch more questions, obviously, but do you have a hard stop at ten? Because it's ten. Eleven. Oh, you're in Texas. Yeah, we're in Texas. Oh, Josh. Josh, hello. He did have a hard stop, y'all. Hey, what do you, he, I'll tell you what, that's as hard as it is. Is he really gone? That's it. That's no, it. I show him. I show him still on here. Well, Josh, you all right? He probably went for a protein shake or something. <laughs> yeah, it was time. It was 11 o'clock. He needed his meal. Well, right, well Josh, continue. if you can hear us, if you can hear us, I know you had a stop at 10 and that's cool. I mean, we've obviously got more questions, but um, go ahead and hang up. We can't hear you. We're just going to kind of do a, a recap here and uh, talk for a few more minutes. See, Josh but, is a great guest, man. You know, that we could go on for hours and hours, you know. We could talk forever. There was still more technique stuff I wanted to ask. And, you know, not that I wanted to beat a dead horse to death. No, but It's just very, it's very cool to hear someone who's an acknowledged expert in the field do the same stuff that we were doing in Maryland, like Marty, Marty's point. You know, it was the same stuff. And those, those, like Marty made this point a couple of podcasts ago, that, technique stuff that works travel that news travels really fast you know because it's the it's just like when the ufc started 
all of a sudden you knew you better learn some wrestling. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like the best, the best yep. guys were doing that. Right. You know, when it became, well, just, and so he had a, he had a great point here. He is a world-class bench presser and everybody's telling him, no, no, you gotta, you gotta really arch your back and do this and that. And he goes, you know what? He had the open mind to go ahead and try it and said, no, 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 this yeah. isn't for me. So, you know, I think a lot of people out there, you know, uh, teaching these techniques and stuff, like Marty says, well, what have you done? You know, you want to teach a new technique. Well, where has that worked? What kind of records has that broken and things like that? So, you know, when you listen to Josh, when you listen to, to Kirk, to Gillingham, to Marty, to Jim, all these guys that have been doing this for so long, and a lot of times their techniques have been passed down from world-class athletes, from world record holders. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you, you want to really listen to and absorb. It's like, don't go to Instagram and, and, you know, listen to some guy that hasn't done anything, you know, who knows if that technique's going to work or not, unless it came from one of these guys. And everybody in this day and age is a world champion, right, Jim? Yeah, and the greatest of all time, too. Oh, yeah. I hear that one. Yeah, go, go, G-O-A-T. Oh, go. my God. I, don't, I can't say, you know, I, I will, if, I, if I ever say that, kick me right in the nuts, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only time you would say it is like to Ed Cohn or something like that. Yeah. I would say, Ed, you're great. Yeah. You know, call him a goat. Ed, you're Ed, not call a goat. Him a goat. Yeah. You're a goat. You're the, you're the goat, Ed. You're the goat. Oh, I'm sure that would go over big. I, well, I see that all the time on his uh, Instagram. G-O-A-T, you know, all spelled out, capitalized. And, and he, meanwhile, he's going, why are these people calling me a goat? I wonder if he's got a shirt that says goat. I think he's a little humble for that, man. Yeah. You know, so. that's what I like about him. He is a he is a humble guy, and he's all about, you know, being respectful and, and a good citizen and all that. Yeah, well, how a, many dudes you dude. know are just bad dudes and are not humble? The baddest dudes are the most humble dudes, man. You got to be humble, man, because you know what? It can be taken away in the blink of an eye. You know, I don't care if it's about athletics or powerlifting, bodybuilding, how much money you got in the bank. Be humble. No question. I think be, be as humble as Marty Gallagher and you'll be. Just <laughs> yes. So now that I've told you about myself, do you have any questions about me? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're good to go. Well, what else on the bench? I mean, you want to wrap it up with anything else? It's it's funny. It still says Josh is on here. So I don't know if he's listening. I don't know if he's like trying to break through hold or what he's trying to do, but maybe he was kidnapped. You know, Josh, is <laughs> he's probably got 10 or 12 books on Amazon. He, he, he might people. be at it. He might be at a gas station fighting somebody right now. He writes these books that are <laughs> succinct and to the point. He's got one on keto. He's got one on find a diet for yourself. He's got tactical training he, he has uh, hit a niche smart move really good stuff and the books are short and concise you know with the writing it's very good stuff i should go down and see him one time he's down in arlington Don't say that jp you have to leave the house to do it yeah, 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 yeah we were talking barbecue last time i was going back and forth with with him on email you know he's only like a half well, hour from me i'd well, like to take him to to get some barbecue i've never known you to not be working we'll, so we'll do that <clears throat> we'll do that yeah yeah right I well speaking 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 of barbecue <clears throat> another takeaway was if you are serious about improving your bench press you should give some serious thought to increasing your body weight yeah okay 
And it's, you know, I can't tell you how often that comment is blown off. Like people come to me, hey, what do I do to increase my bench? And I'm like, mm, go to the buffet. Yeah. Marty, didn't you have a formula for that? If you want to. Yes, go- very good. Yes, yes. Well, this was in the olden days. In the olden in the olden days, they used to talk about arm size. And they'd say, if if you were a kid who had 15-inch arms and wanted to push them up to 16, every inch arm increase required a 10-pound increase in body weight. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to push your arms up two inches, you needed a 20 pound body weight increase. And most of that better be muscle. This isn't one of those situations where you gain 20 pounds of body weight and 16 of it is body fat. No, it's gotta be, you know what I mean? You have to increase uh, your, your, your muscular horsepower, right? And you've got to increase the calories to do that. You, you have to... It, you have to train hard enough to trigger hypertrophy. Then you have to feed the hypertrophy. Then you have to rest it, you know, train the muscle, feed the muscle, rest the muscle, grow the muscle, right? That's the old mantra. And it's true. It's, it's yeah. a truism. But you have to train hard enough to actually trigger results. Then you have to eat serious enough to feed the muscle. Then you have to rest sufficiently enough and not train that muscle until it's ready and that's how you grow it and that's the age-old formula but is there a strength formula for that we got the size but how about the strength well that's the first gain, thing that's the first gain thing next well yeah i mean it depends what the lift is it depends what the what the shape of the individual is well, is he a good athlete a bad athlete the, the the um you know for instance guy that we were just talking about you know been lifting for a few years he's Six foot, maybe two thirty. Wants to put fifty pounds on oh, his bench. No, 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 no. The first thing I do with a guy like that is, man, you got to lose some weight. I, I am not at taking 230? a, a two hundred thirty pound guy at. You don't want to get him up to four hundred like you're always trying to get me to do. No, if I, if I some five foot eight, two hundred and thirty pound, thirty five year old business executive walks in on me, the first thing is, dude, you've got to lose some weight. You mean he doesn't said six muscle. feet? He's not, he's I not said six. I said six feet, two thirty. He's been lifting for a little. That's bit. still. That's no. He's not in good shape. He's not in good shape. You're not sending me no. Well, what? what wait a minute. We didn't talk about the shape uh, he's in. Wait. You know, he, he's I'm, just about, yeah. I'm just talking about a normal. I'm just talking about a normal human, dude. Oh, okay. Well, he's a fat guy then. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. So, right. I mean, the first thing you got to do is you got to tighten him up. You got to get him in shape. We're not but going to be feet. talking about you're going to increase your bench press right now. You, you gotta, you gotta get into some shape, brother. And but Jamie, you're talking about a guy who's been lifting. Jim, would you take over? No, I'm just saying. I think he's saying a guy who's you been know lifting. what you know what I'm you're saying. Just three or four years of lifting, and he's got some muscle on him, and he's too. Yeah, dumb. I mean, is there you know is there pop tarts involved? Well, okay, is there uh, uh, Chinese okay. buffet, all you can eat involved for. It's got to. He's got to. has got to push the scale up. What, Jim? One pound a week? Anything less is 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 unmeasurable. And don't worry about your health. Just eat, man. Eat lasagna. So in, in twenty, in, well, you got to make the scale move. Yeah. Initially, that'll be easy for the first. Let's say you do a 12 week cycle and you're going to commit to add one pound of body weight a week. So uh, the first four weeks are going to be easy. Right, Jim? 
Yeah. You just, just eat like more. beginning of anything. Yeah, just you're going to eat more what you're eating. But at that point, it's going to be difficult. Then you're going to have to be, you're going to have to think about it. Each week is going to be tougher. The last four weeks are going to be very hard because you're going to be sick of eating, but you've still got to push that body weight up. Right, Jim? Right. You got to sit around a lot. Sit around. Uh, you got to make it happen. And you got to understand that it's a temporary situation. You're pushing right. that weight up. You're, 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 you're expanding that muscle size. You're pushing your muscle, literally your muscle size to the next level of development. Yes. If you're 15 years old and you have 14 inch arms and you weigh 130 pounds, over time, you add height and you add body weight and your arms grow. We need to replicate that by resistance training. Right. Hardcore resistance training, whether it's your bench press, whatever the lift is, combined with feeding it, putting, keeping it in, a, in, in an anabolic, you, you induce a state of anabolism using regular food, you stay in a state of positive nitrogen balance, you train really hard, right? You have good rest days in between. You only train when you're rested and fresh and you just, you want to tear into it, right? And each week you're improving, 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 improving. You're, you're getting a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger. By the end of the eighth week, you've got a real good momentum going. Mm. Now you're yes. into it. Now you're into it, right? Because you've been successful. You're eight weeks into it. Every week you, you've hit your numbers. Each week you're stronger. People are starting to comment, hey, what's up, man? You, you look muscled up. Uh-oh, now you're on fire, right? Now, you know, you don't want to be held back. At the end of that process, the end of that 12 weeks, what we like to do is we like to solidify those gains for four to six weeks. A lot of guys, what they'll do is they'll, they'll peak up and then they'll drop off. And they'll essentially lose everything that they gain. What we want to do is we want to peak up and then we want to hold it. Now you, you ease off all of the intensity. You ease off the, the poundage, you ease off the nutrition, you ease off everything, but you don't ease off to the point that you lose. All you're trying to do is maintain what you've attained. Before right? you push again. And it'll lock it in. If you can hang on to it for three to four weeks, it'll lock it in, right? Now you own it. Okay. Is, is, Let me, is Josh back? I don't think so. I, well, that was his uncle that like smashed the guy. Josh. Well, Josh smashed the he he uh he doesn't know he doesn't know he's on man wait no, wait let's hear what he says no don't no no don't do that JP you do not want to do that buddy turn that off I'm kidding let me let me get him off of here yeah let me hear what he's oh. saying God almighty God you're like no, a government it's like Snowden you like the NSA I don't, I don't want to remove the wrong guy. Well, you're not hearing them now, so that's good. So anyway, that's my only point. My yeah. only point is that we solidify those gains. And then at that point, you go into the trim up mode, right? You go into the lean out mode. And then you, you okay. It's a, it's a nice ebb and flow. You have a strength peaking phase. You have that retention phase. Then you go the other way phase. And then it's just a beautiful through the season, through the year, ebb and flow, you know, back and forth. Yes. I agree with everything you just said. It's beautiful what you just said. Thank you. But 
but let me, Jim, to <laughs> our hypothetical guy, because Marty's got a whole different hypothetical guy. So for our hypothetical guy, if I say to you, I, I want to gain 50 pounds on the bench in, yeah. on a 12-week cycle, yeah. how much weight should I gain? Is there a certain, should I gain 10 pounds? Should I gain 20 pounds to try to hit that 50 pound increase? 50 pounds. Yeah, man. It depends on the individual. Gain 50 pounds? Depends on the individual. 12 uh, weeks. Well, I, I did. Gain so, so if I want to go up hundred pounds, I got to yeah, gain so hundred pounds. I gained four. I went from 240 to 280 in three months before. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Mm -hmm. Lots of pasta and beef, but um, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I would do exactly what Marty said before about the, the eating and the resting and then you know what i found is i know josh said that a lot of guys uh the bench is not that I mean, he didn't say not that technical but that if you just get their feet and and to get their body weight up and all that but i would really spend a lot of time like you know when, when we do those seminars and kirk is teaching the bench press we do it for like four hours man and, yes. and just, to get, yes. just to get people yes. to yes. Get, yes. keep their elbows in and yeah. all that and they're adding poundage you know, it's like Josh could use that example where he had somebody add poundage when they just made a little change. When we make that change, that body positioning and that arm positioning, right then their max goes up. You know, see, so go ahead. See, I wanted to ask him about scapula. I wanted to ask him about elbows. I wanted to ask him about hand position. I wanted to ask him all those things. All right, here's, um, what, we, here's what we would have said. Squeeze them together, keep them in, <laughs> keep, them, keep in. them straight. <laughs> What's the other thing I want to ask him about, because he was talking about the strength off the bottom, I wanted to ask him about using a, a cambered bar and if he, the, just the different tools, because he said he used uh, bands and chains. Yeah. And I want to see if he used any other tools. We know he does partials. He was a big fan of doing partials uh, out of the rack, partial presses. Um, it's very want, interesting, his point about it's two different lifts the equipped and non-equipped because that means that the reader or the viewer has to have more of a discerning eye on what works best for them depending on what they're doing in the meet you know yeah well oh, I, I think the geared thing is like i said i think it's headed toward out. extinction yeah it's a <clears throat> too. yeah so anyway all right so good i think we did good any other final questions jp uh no well i had more questions for him but well yeah but he's not here he's well he is if i hit the unmute button he just doesn't know <laughs> you you probably will after we're off we won't <laughs> no we won't do that to him we respect his privacy Thanks. all right um Oh, we didn't even get to what he wanted to plug, you know, what's an hour, going on. You can't do shit. Your, and your introduction and everything, that was, you know, it was 1, 15, uh, 10, 15 by then. Hey, you know? hey, don't blame me, man. No, I'm not on. blaming you. I'm just saying 45 minutes with him is not much. All right, look, uh, let me just say this. Check out Marty Gallagher's weekly column, Raw with Marty Gallagher at ironcompany.com. Um, visit ironcompany.com for all your equipment needs and flooring needs. And look, we're, we're a big supporter of first responders, police, fire, military, schools, commercial gyms for, for 25 years. So if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, or really anywhere in the country for that matter, we'd love to work with you. Our Dallas warehouse is currently piled high and deep with uh, sanitizing wipes, 
kettlebells, bumper plates, urethane Olympic plates and dumbbells, rubber and urethane hex dumbbells, Olympic bars and more. So we ship out uh, within 24 hours or if you're in the DFW uh, area, you can come, we'll call that uh, uh, 24 hours after you order. So give us a call. We've got, uh, we've got our reps standing by to give you a call. And, and they work out, by the way. You know, a lot of these places you call, they sell the equipment, but they never used it. So, you know, you kind of want to talk to somebody that actually uses the stuff and uh, can explain, you know, how to use it and how it feels and all the different uh, ways that it works and, and what muscles it trains and, and all that. Right, Jim? That's right. That'd be so done, speaking, can't talk about it. That's right. So uh, speaking of Jim Steele, we've got new Jim Steele articles. They can be found uh, on the Iron Company articles section. And uh, I think the latest one is Midlife Wake Up Call Part One. Man, uh, we just put that up. So it's a uh, kind of a like today, like a hypothetical guy. He's what about forty, Jim? He wakes up one day. He's got a a college yeah, reunion belly hanging over. <laughs> yeah. Once yeah. Shape. Yeah. Pendulous belly. Yeah. Pendulous belly. I like that. That's the grease man reference. That'd make a good t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Duck track. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He used to have his boat dock down at, what was that? Deal. Deal, Maryland. He had Is that boat right? Dock. Yeah. 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 We'd see him down there. He was at the, to have a power, every year they'd have this great powerlifting meet at this dockside bar. And chalets, all the chalet guys would lift it to meet. Like out at the beach or something. <clears throat> yeah, it was great. It was a it was a complete liquor fest. It was great. You would have loved it. Yes, if there was only some Mennonite. Lay lay off those gals. Yeah, sir. All right, well that's been uh, great. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're you're cutting off our uh, our plugs here. So I've got a chicken drying out outside. Wait a minute. I've got a chicken outside waving in the wind, drying it out. So when I roast, <laughs> so when I roast it, the skin will be crispy. All right, but wait, online training and your Instagram, Marty. Yeah, oh. yes. Help me out. What is it? What is it, Jimmy? The Marty Gallagher. Yeah, the Marty Gallagher. And we're ripping it up. And 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 Jim's website, Boss Barbell, B A S Barbell. Com. And I got a newsletter newsletter coming out, Squat and Hunt. It's going to come out probably every three or four months. <laughs> right. And the lead article is Marty's hunting camp experiences <laughs> in Arkansas. It is a wonderful article. Uh, right, about four or five articles. Go to bossbarbell.com for more information. Right. For hijinks, levity, yeah. commentary, training. Yeah. Yeah. So little, probably a little politics in there if I know you. Potpourri. It's a potpourri. 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 <laughs> and then and then um and then look if you're if you're looking for online training a lot of people are nowadays you can call one of these guys or or just email them marty yep. at ironcompany.com or jim at ironcompany.com and whether you're here locally domestically in in the u.s or in canada or you guys are training people in uh, australia new zealand yep. in, in india in, really? Oh, India, huh? Yeah. Wow, that's a, a vegetarian. Austria. I don't know. I'm not sure. I haven't had. I haven't asked. You know. Yeah. So I got them in Austria, uh, Germany. Where else? Nobody in Russia. I could eat any Russians out there. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm available. Russian, man. 
Yeah. So, yeah. So, great. All right, guys. Good. Good right. one. Th thank you to you and thank you to Josh, whatever happened yeah, with him. Follow up on uh, Josh and make sure he wasn't. We'll follow up. Help. You know, maybe we get him on again in a few months. He's, he's a real yeah. good guest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He just sounds good. Left us. All right, man. Thank you. All right, guys. See you. Bye.